found the cure to a disease? What would you do with that information? That is the topic of this Wildfire Gospel Podcast. Hello and welcome to Wildfire Gospel Podcast, where the topic centers on freedom and empowerment in evangelism. My name is Ed Waken. In this episode, we will be exploring how Jesus instructs his followers to multiply the gospel exponentially. And he does this by giving them a virus to spread around the world. What is the virus? Well, you'll have to wait a bit to find that out, but I hope this tease stimulates you to tune your mind into what is about to be explored because Jesus invites you to follow these instructions as well. Now, all of Jesus' teachings are valuable. They are meant to be followed. The instructions of Jesus that we are looking at in this podcast are unique. They're unique because Jesus actually gives these instructions to two different groups of people in two different situations at, at two different times. This puts a huge exclamation point on the information. In my travels around the country and the world, I have found that very few Christian leaders practice or teach these principles or give away this virus, which is a real head-scratcher to me. The focus of this podcast is to explore the virus Jesus gives for believers who are not engaging in the harvest of souls, or for believers that want to see more of the harvest experienced. Because Jesus says the harvest is ready to be picked. I believe you will be amazed at how simple and effective it is to spread this virus, to help other believers engage not yet believers in giving them the gospel. I also believe that if you choose to activate this virus and give it away to others, that you will see Jesus at work in amazing ways as you engage the people God places in your life who are not yet believers. So let's dive into the same teaching Jesus gave to two sets of different people at two different times. So first, Jesus gives his 12 disciples instructions regarding the harvest that is already ripe. Let's get the situation Jesus had just experienced before he gave his virus for not engaging in the harvest of souls that he tells them is ready to be harvested. In Matthew chapter 9, 18 through 35, we see a series of things taking place that leads us up to Jesus giving away this virus. Here are some of the things we find in Matthew 9, 18 through 35. Jesus heals a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. It's pretty amazing. Then he raised a young girl from the dead. That's even more amazing. He heals two blind men. He heals a mute demon-possessed man. The people were amazed and they were saying, quote, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel, unquote. The Pharisees attempted to discount what Jesus was doing and attributed Jesus' miracles to Satan or Beelzebub. But Jesus kept moving, he kept teaching, and he kept healing. So those are the verses that lead up to Matthew 9.36. And in Matthew 9.36, Jesus looked around at all the people. He saw their pain, their brokenness, discouragement, hardships, and it deeply affected Jesus. He was deeply impacted. He felt the strong sense of compassion for the people. He connected to their pain. He could see that they were afflicted and rejected. 
So as he looked up at the people, he turned to his closest friends, his 12 disciples, and he said this, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, although Jesus had just healed physical illnesses, cast out demons, raised a girl from the dead, he knew there was a plentiful harvest. The people were in such need of his truth, they were in such need of his gospel. There was a great harvest just waiting to be gleaned and enjoyed, and he could see it. However, Jesus was just one man, and the harvest was so great. As he looked around, he knew that there were few people who were willing to engage these discouraged and rejected people so they could reap the harvest. Did Jesus see that people were too distracted to move out as harvesters? Did he see that there were so few workers because they were uncaring about the needs of others? Did he see that people were blinded at seeing the things as they really were? He knew there was an answer to the ripe harvest that was awaiting harvest workers. So let's jump to the second time Jesus gave these instructions before we learn about this virus. The second time Jesus gives these instructions is found in Luke 10. He gives them not to the 12, but to 72 people. The situation surrounding this passage in Luke 10 found Jesus having just completed talking to his 12 apostles what it meant uh, to be more than simply a believer in him, but to actually be a disciple. We find this in Luke 9, 57 through 62. Essentially, Jesus had told these 12 men that to be his disciples, they must put Jesus's priorities above their own. They must live self-sacrificially in ways that are sacrificing themselves so that Jesus's purpose is accomplished in the world. Then Luke 10.1 says, Now after the Lord had appointed 72 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him into every city and place where he himself was going to come. So in Luke 9, we see Jesus talking about what it means to be a disciple. In Luke 10, he takes 72 and he sends them out in pairs to every place he was about to go. Between the end of Luke 9 and Luke chapter 10, the group surrounding Jesus grew from the 12 to the 72, and then he appointed them to go every place he was about to go. He then tells these 72 the same thing he told the 12 in Matthew 9, 36 through 38. I'm quoting now from Luke chapter 10, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, we've already heard this exact same statement from Jesus in, Luke, in Matthew 9. It's now time to reveal Jesus' virus to this dilemma of a large harvest, but few workers. So Jesus said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech or beg the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's the virus. Beg the Lord, beg Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, beg him, ask him, request of him to send out people 
who are willing to work the soil of souls, laborers into the harvest. I call this the 10-2-B virus from Luke 10-2-B, 10-2-B virus. Since 2001, I have been infected by this Luke 10-2-B virus. It has changed my life and outlook. This is a spiritual virus. Obviously, it's not a physical one. And I'd like to pass it on to you. I call it the 10-2-B virus, right? From Luke 10-2-B. I have set an alarm to go off every day at 10.02 a.m. to remind me to pray that we will experience the plentiful harvest. It doesn't matter who I'm with at 10.02 a.m. When the alarm goes off, I invite who's ever with me to join me in my call to prayer. My prayers are for the good of the community and for God to raise up women and men who will be bold to share the good news of Jesus. I also beg God to set my heart on fire with the things that set his heart on fire. So why not put this podcast on pause and set your own alarm for 10.02 a.m. or a time that's convenient for you. So whenever it goes off, you can stop and pray. I ask the Lord to show me who around me he has been working on to soften their hearts to hear his message of good news through me and through others so they will have eternal life. I'm amazed at how direct Jesus is on this topic of a ripe harvest and the need for us to pray for more workers. I'm also amazed at how many believers and church leaders don't follow this command of Jesus on a daily basis. I mean, he gave us the answer. When we obey his instructions, we make room in our hearts for his wildfire for the souls of his friends, neighbors, and even strangers. So there's prayer, the 10 to b virus, but there's also action. Prayer and action are both vital and should go hand in hand on our faith journeys. God responds to our prayers for souls to come into the kingdom in both direct and subtle ways. So if we pray, we should be ready to act on the opportunities he brings into our life. We act by inviting people to place their trust in Jesus or answer their questions or give them a portion of the gospel. Recently, I challenged a group of believers to ask God to give them a few souls to sow into and harvest for the kingdom. I said, beg God. I said, don't stop until he answers. A few weeks later, when this group met again, one of the men shared that he took my challenge seriously and began to pray. But after a few days of begging God to bring people into his life who were hungry for him, nothing happened. He began to think that praying the same thing over and over again wasn't getting any results. But he knew what Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. So the answer is, beg me to send out workers into the harvest field. So he kept on praying. A few days later, his neighbor came across the street to chat. My friend followed the lead of the Holy Spirit and shared his spiritual journey. And then he asked his neighbor some spiritual questions. That's when he learned that his neighbor had been seeking a fresh spiritual direction. Amazing. God's answering his prayers. And a few days after that, one of his co-workers admitted that he had been far away from God for far too long and wanted to reconnect, but he wasn't really interested in the commercial side of church. You could not stop this man in our church from beaming. 
I mean, it required prayer, conversation, interaction, and acts of love, but he finally saw results. Now, this group of men have began meeting together to discuss the word, to admit their mistakes, confess their sins, and pray for others to join them in pursuing Christ. I believe a new church is about to start. I invite you to follow Jesus' command that he gave to two different groups of people at two different times and set your alarm to go off at 10.02 a.m., p.m., or whatever time is convenient for you, and pray and beg Jesus to send out workers into the harvest that is ripe and waiting to be invited to place their trust in him. I hope this podcast has helped you understand the passion of Jesus for people who are not yet saved and to follow his instructions to pray daily for workers, to pray for you to be sent out, to be the workers that he sends out into the harvest that he has prepared. These not yet believers are all around you. Simply ask Jesus to open your eyes and repeat what he speaks to you. It is that easy. It is that powerful. It is that effective. Once you begin to pray daily for more harvest workers and you begin to see God's hand at work through your prayers, send me a story about how God is working and what you are seeing. It will encourage you and me to see a fresh harvest of souls for His glory. You can email me anytime at wildfiregospelinfo at gmail.com. All one word, wildfiregospelinfo at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about Wildfire Gospel, you can go to wildfiregospel.com or wildfiregospel.org. There you'll find information on getting equipped to share your faith in Jesus naturally and freely. While you're on the webpage, you can find information about my book, Wildfire, The Fearless Spread of the Gospel, and a link where you can purchase it. Once again, you can go to wildfiregospel.com to stay connected. If you love the show, share it with a friend on Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts to Wildfire Gospel Podcasts. I hope these thoughts have been of some benefit to you today. Blessings.